coming from corporate, you might as well be banging your head on a brick wall because nobody's going to pay attention for you. So you have to get corporate to set that tone for the whole entire organization. Welcome to Simply Trade, brought to you by Global Training Center. My name is Lalo, and together with my co-host, Andy Shiles, we have well over 60 years of combined trade, logistics, and supply chain experience. Along the way, we have seen and experienced different challenges in trade compliance. We decided to put the show together and call on our friends and colleagues in the business to discuss these topics and just hang out with us to shoot the ship on all things trade. Thank you for spending some time with us. Enjoy the show. Hey, Andy, um, we've got a great guest today. Very first show. I mean, I'm so excited. I mean, we've, we've uh, you and I have been talking about this for a long time. And, uh, you know, people always tell us, hey, um, the experiences that you guys are having, you can make a show out of it. And so here we are. Let's see if, let's give it a run and see how this goes. <laughs> I think this is going to be a fun time, and uh, I'm excited as well. Uh, it's it's uh, going to be something that we hope that everybody's going to get some, as I say, you know, a, a nugget of knowledge that they can take to become more proficient, and uh, the identification of next steps for at least the next one, two, possibly three steps and improving their either their skills or taking action to resolve an issue so this ought to be something that uh, again it ought to be uh, very good so i was so. thinking also and uh trying to find a guest to kick this whole thing off and uh, set the foundation of what our show is about um i've been working with this person uh, trudy wilson for years now <laughs> she's a she's a great uh instructor and a consultant that in in the trade field and um I was thinking, how can I summarize what, how things can go along and, and how things are explained or, or what can happen in a trade scenario? And I, very common, this is very common for us, and Trudy will, will probably confirm this, but it's very common that we get, we go into a project, we go into a, a, a client, and maybe an hour into the, the session, they start saying, wait, 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 let's just stop here because um, you're telling me things I never knew about. You're telling me that now that I know this, I am liable for this or I need to be, 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 be watching out for this. But at the same time, what they don't know will hurt them, you know, so it's good that we're in there. Um, obviously, they don't mean it. They don't say stop, you know, but they, 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 they're just overwhelmed, I guess. <laughs> That's more than anything. So I don't know. I mean, you've probably seen that yourself, Andy. I've seen that before where it, as we hit uh, the compliance, and you know in the trade there's the old adage that uh, you get uh, somebody ask you, what do you do? And you're like, you know, import, export, compliance, or logistics, or and then they understand logistics a little bit, but talking about international trade and, and especially on the, on the compliance side, and they give you the deer in the headlight <laughs> look, right? And it's like, okay, whatever. And next thing you know, they change the topic and move on. So with that, I agree with that. And then the other scenario there is as we're looking at it, you hit people with some things that when they start understanding, when you're able to take the complex and break it down to where people can then understand it as common ground and they, they start getting it, they hit that point where they, wait a minute, they need time to digest what they just learned. And so I'm sure you guys have had that, uh, that challenge here. With what you've talked about. We have. So. And, of course, 
here's the expert right here, Trudy. And thank you for joining us, Trudy. Very first show, and we're so happy to have you here. Thank you, guys. Lalo and Andy, I am actually honored that you guys thought of me for your very first show. And it's so funny because everything that you're relating is so, it's like every day for us. Um, I like Andy's story about, you know, you tell them what you do and they're like, give you the deer in the headlight look. So my, my little um, five second elevator speech is, my job is to keep importers and exporters out of jail <laughs> <laughs> and minimize any kind of penalties that they might get. And usually when I give that kind of scenario, they still don't quite get it, but they go, oh, okay. <laughs> so they get a little bit of a, a gist of what goes on in our world but um, it is a very different world and it's either you're in it or you're not in it and it's really interesting like what, what Lala was saying is when you go in to see a customer and you meet a customer and they're all excited yes this is my job this is what I do and you start going through it's like okay are you doing this are you doing this? Oh yeah, we're doing this, but are you doing it all the way through? And so you start going through and they're like, well, like Lyle said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We didn't know it was this involved because they, I like my, one of my catchphrases is yeah. everybody, a lot of people are voluntold. Oh, this is your new role, trade compliance, right? So they're thinking, okay, this is great. I can do this. And they're used to like the shipping warehouse and we're like, get it out the door, get it out the door. <laughs> and then when they get in the role, right. they're like, wait a minute. There's a little bit more to getting it out the door. <laughs> it's not just putting it in a box and sending it out the door. It's, there's a whole lot more going on. And even on the import side, why can't you get it here? What's taking so long? There's a whole lot more involved. So it's it's a really right. interesting role. And once you get in it and get deeper in it, and get you just kind of get hooked. And you either love it or you don't. <laughs> and you get kind of hooked and you're kind of learning everything that's going on. And then you start meeting people and networking. So... For anybody that is now in this role of trade compliance, you have this whole big beast that you have to figure out, how am I going to manage this beast? How am I going to make this work? And one of the big challenges that a lot of people have is, as we said before, is the organization has no clue what's going on. They don't know how it works. They just say, hey, make this happen. And you have to figure out, how do I navigate all this, making things happen, but still making sure everything is compliant with the organization? And one of the big right. things that helps everybody is once you finally get the grasp of everyone in your organization touches and affects the supply chain, right? And so I like to say from the C-suite, we, we, or a little catchphrase at Global Training <laughs> Center, right? From C-suite to C-suite. From the cleaning crew all the way to corporate, everybody touches and affects the supply chain. And one of your, the tricky things that you have to figure out is how do I get everybody to understand their role in the supply chain and that what they do affects everybody? But let we, let's start at the top, right? Let's start at corporate. Corporate has to set the tone. And for those of us in trade compliance, we have to figure out how do we get or seat at the table or how do we get our voice heard so that corporate understands what the role of trade compliance is and that is going to help in the long run to get things in and out of the door, right? So there's several different things that we have to think about, several things we have to put in place. So Again, every organization is different. It would be awesome if we could set, you know, a template and say, hey, follow these steps and it's all going to just fall in place. It doesn't work that way. You have to figure out what, how does your organization, what's your corporate culture, what's your vision, what's your mission? 
also what industry you're in is going to also play a big role, a big part in how do you navigate these waters to get everybody as much as you can on the same page. Also remembering Trini, that let me jump in here happen. for a second. Go ahead. Go let, ahead. Let me jump ahead, in for then. a second. Is that mm-hmm. you're you're hitting on something though that's very important because a lot of people will come into a role that I've seen, and they are they're in the compliance of renew, but they haven't. St- they're, they're trying to look in and and establish, if you will, their their daily routines to you know what mm-hmm. they should be doing. But they haven't stopped. You've touched on something I think is really important. What is the vision of the company? What is the culture of the company? What is the industry that you're looking at? And in that, you know, as far as that industry, the, the type of commodities or services that you're providing uh, will make a big difference on some of the things you're having to do. So as you're looking at establishing that up high, the other thing you want to do is is also look at, yeah, how do you gain support, seat at the table, those kinds of things. But you can't just walk in and say, hey, I'm here with compliance. You've got to understand what the company's striving to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have to develop a game plan to say, how are you going to take your department and align it with the companies and see, you know, maybe it's already in alignment there, but then how are you going to then execute on some of the goals and things you need to do? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, so, again, it's a whole new beast that most of us get involved and we're like, okay, how do we basically tame this beast? And going back to what is your culture, what are your missions and goals, and what is the industry that you're working in? You also have to think about, okay, how are you actually going to um, make this happen? Are you going to be an oversee, a, a group that oversees trade compliance, or are you going to be down in the trenches actually doing the work? I, I get both both ends of the spectrum. I'm working with a, a company that imports a lot of clothing, and they're in the trenches. I mean, their director of trade compliance, she does classification. She does work with all the partner government agencies. She does everything hands-on with her team. And then I work with other organizations. I'm working with a chemical company that trade compliance is higher level. Right, and so they have to work with the people that are um, working within their department to make sure that they follow all the rules and regulations. More so of again, an advisor to, role, right? More of an advisory role, absolutely. That's that's a better right. way to say it. More of an advisory role. So again, it goes back to not one shoe doesn't fit all. You have to look at your organization. What is it culture? It's culture. How does it function? And how is the best way for me to implement trade compliance within that organization? Okay. It could be lunch and learns, you know, because one of the things is people don't understand what we do. So keep it simple. Don't quote the regulations (laughs) to everybody, right? Keep it simple, actionable, um, Simple little PowerPoints, lunch and learn. Everybody loves food, okay? Um, it may yeah. be, you know, take donuts in and have a little breakfast break and talk about, you know, this is the topic for today. And everybody is very visual right, right. now. So what is a simple way that we can communicate and use infographics, whatever it takes to communicate what needs to be done in your industry for that problem? Yeah, it's, it's like the relationships are so important as far as what you're doing there. And, and I agree with that. It's like you, you've got to gain su- uh, support. It, you know, in an advisor role, you're trying to work on the, your power of influence to get people motivated to take actions in the appropriate manner that you want them to. 
in a hands-on role, you have a little bit more, you know, hands-on, you can make a decision, but you still need, and it's vital, you still need to develop the power of influence uh, to not only help motivate your staff, but then those other supporting groups around you as well so that you're you're looking at that. That's, that's uh, true to your, boy, that is a vital importance. And the only other thing I will say of what you had mentioned, I, I think it's uh, another key point. Compliance people a lot of times will, as I had a boss that used to say, don't get wrapped around the axle. Don't get so detailed and, and all that and you get wrapped around the axle that it, it slows you down, takes you off track. And one of the key things is um, I used to have some staff that would put together some updates on the you know regulatory affairs to different issues going on. And they like you. They were quoting the regulations. They would write this dissertation of emails and things, and they would send that out. And they would expect the upper management to be able to decipher that. They don't have time for that. And here's what I, in a nutshell, is a compliance-related person's one of their primary objectives in communicating to the company is to take the complex. Um, uh, messaging of regulations and all that and translate that into very simple language uh, they you know need to know this is what I was always told but no they don't upper management if they want to know more questions can always ask but you take all these regulations I think the the, the issue is going to be what is it out of all of that bottom line with the new regulations, rule change, whatever's going to go on, what is it that management needs to know? What is it? Is there a decision to be made um, and, and those kinds of things? And then make that the message and then all the details. That's your job to do that. Yes. Would you Would you agree with that, Trudy, that that's uh, something that they should learn how to do? Absolutely. The KISS principle works here as well. Okay. Keep it simple because mm -hmm. nobody has time to dig through regulations. And a lot of times when we just kind of spit out the regulations, maybe we haven't absorbed it ourselves. And so we don't really know how to break it down. That could be a part of the challenge. So maybe we should step back in the trade compliance role and say, do I really understand what this regulation is saying? And how can I simplify it? Act as if you're talking to a seven-year-old because our everybody's attention span is so short right now and it's a matter of communicating the message right what what is the ultimate goal i want to communicate with this particular point and like you said andy then you once you communicate that you get everybody's buy-in then you work on the back end and get all that all the ducks in a row to actually um fulfill whatever that goal you're trying to take care of so it's yeah, my it's really litmus test right and and in on communicating my personal litmus test is if an eighth grader, eighth grade student can read something that I have drafted um, and understand it, they may still not understand, you know, some of the, the laws and regulations, that's fine. But if they can read and understand the messaging I've got to where, oh, I know I've got to take action, i got to get some training, i got to do whatever, but they understand it, then we're going to be in good shape. Uh, because I'm 
you know, I, I say this all the time. I'm dumb as a <laughs> box of rocks. I got to keep it simple. And in keeping a simple message as it goes up the chain, it, it, I have just found that bottom line, do you need somebody to take a, make a decision or take action on something? And, and that's your message. So simple, simple, still always right. works, right? Simple always works. Go ahead. All right. Well, as we were talking uh, again, we were talking on taking on some of the, uh, the different things. What have you encountered with some of your courses or your meetings that uh, you and Lalo were, were mentioning um, as you started going through, probably talking about the basics of, you know, whatever the course you were teaching or whatever. And then the light bulb starts going off where either the panic was set in where people started realizing just how, maybe vulnerable they are or how potential liable they are on things or how big of a beast they've got to tame. How did that come out? What, 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 tell us uh, maybe a story or so of, of what uh, people were talking about. What were their fears? And then we can look at that. Hopefully we can start addressing some of that. Okay. So yeah, every every class or, and or more than likely every time. So it's really, it's a progression. That's really what happens, right? So I meet them in class or is sharing all this information. Of course, they're like, okay, this is like drinking from a fire hydrant. And so they take back that information oh, yeah. and they go, oh, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. You need to come in and talk to us. Okay. So then we set up the meeting and they get the, the different players within their organization for me to explain even further what's going on. And then they realize, oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we're not doing. And like you said, with the stuff that we're not doing, there are a lot of, there's a lot of penalty and exposure. Right. So one of the things that an organization, I, one of the things I always kind of, again, get in that higher level view, I ask every organization, what percentage of your business is based on imports and what percentage of your business is based on exports? And if you took those out, what, how much of a business would you be? And then they realize, okay, this is really critical that we get this straight because if we mess up, we don't follow the regulations, whether it's an import or an export, then we could be liable, right? Not could be, you will be liable and you will not have the privilege. A lot of people don't realizing that realize that importing and exporting is a privilege. It's not a right or responsibility. So once we get that in corporate's head, then they kind of go, oh, okay, um, yes, we need to start listening to trade compliance. So actually, they're kind of happy when I come in. They're like, we've been trying to say some of this stuff for so long and nobody wants to listen to us. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, And then we start doing the export assessment as to where they are, what the gaps are. We do the import assessments, where they are, what the gaps are. And then we start plugging in those holes and creating that compliant organization. And it's not something that happens overnight. And it's a lot of educating everybody every step of the way this is what needs to be done so yeah it gets really interesting when you start digging into the weeds you're like wow we didn't know that wow we need more training wow we had no idea one of the things i'll tell you trudy is i usually will challenge some folks in the compliance arena you know especially if they've been a they're somewhat of a highly tenured uh you know person in and they've been around a while and here's the question that I always throw at some compliance people. Do you trust the information on the commercial invoice and the shipping paperwork 
that the vendor has supplied to go with that shipment, including if it has a classification, country of origin, uh, the, any special declarations on all of that. What do you think is the answer that I have usually heard back from that question from compliance people? It's probably, oh, yes, our vendor and suppliers, they know what's going on, and they put all the information on there. But we can't trust that information. No, no. I'm, talk, I'm talking can't. the logistics people. Well, no, and, and see, I'll, I'll even challenge this. I love this. See, I love this kind of discussion because generally speaking, the logistics, folks, yeah, we're fine with it, or, or the purchasing, yeah, we're fine with it. But compliance will usually say, oh, no. I don't trust any of the paperwork that come from the vendors. And I'll ask then the next question that why not? And they'll say, Oh, but we don't have any control over our vendors. And I stop it right there. And I said, no, that's, that's wrong. Yes. You have control. Those vendors know what to make, what to ship, when to ship it and what to put on that paperwork. So they get paid. You have control. What the compliance has not done is exercised their influence and in you know and gotten involved so that everything goes um, you know smoothly. How often does it have compliance-related information in it? Very little. Why? Because compliance has not aligned themselves with the purchasing, so that all right, we're going to issue a purchase order for ten thousand widgets. You're going to ship uh, maybe five hundred to a thousand widgets at a time. When you ship it, we'll tell you where to physically ship it to, but here's the description to put on there. Here's the harmonized tariff number. Here's the special declarations. And that alone will take a lot of work, strategy, planning, alignment, networking to get that information to be put into the appropriate database files, then go through with the IT systems and then get placed onto the appropriate paperwork. Would you not agree with that as I'm going down that road? 199%. So I'll take it, I'll expand on that even more because that's one of my okay. hot topics, my things I like to talk about. I always tell everybody in Good. trade compliance, you serve no, no purpose at the end of the supply chain. No purpose, right? Because by the time mm -hmm. it gets to you, there's nothing you can do other than say no. So then we become the no people and nobody wants to come to us. As in what we need right. to do, what we need to do is figure out how to get ourselves at the beginning right. of the supply chain that we now become an advocate. Right. So as soon as a product is coming to birth, <laughs> is that the right way to say it? is coming to light, whether I'm importing it or an exporting, if I have a purchaser, supplier, buyers going out to buy product, I should be the first person you're going to call. Right. Before you buy that product. Hey, Trudy, this is what I'm thinking of. It's in this country. Here are all the specs of the product. What are the import determinations that we need to meet? Right. Same thing on the export side. Be, the engineers, when he wakes up that morning with a brand new bright idea, I'm supposed to be the first person he calls when he puts his feet on the floor. <laughs> he gets out of bed. Right. I need to know what's going on. That's the only way we can be proactive and an advocate and get all our ducks in a row to make life easier for everybody. That right there is what I call the, the, the proverbial thing is that if 
you are traditionally, you wait till it arrives or all that, you become the pooper scooper at the end of the parade. Instead, you want to start feeding this beast rather than cleaning up after it. Is that good? I like that. The pooper scooper at the end of the parade. I'm going to add that to my little list. But yeah, you serve no purpose at the end. Uh, you can't a- do anything. Mm-hmm. You're going to be sweeping it up, mucking, like- mucking the stalls, folks. <laughs> They're looking at you like, make it happen. It's like, no, it's too late. I can't do anything at this point. So what? Going back to kind of what we started with is try to figure out how to get yourself at the beginning of the supply table, supply chain, um, at the table when all the decision makings are, 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 all the decisions are being made. And it's so funny because I am working with a customer right now and that's her biggest challenge. It's like no matter, and she talks to corporate. And she explained till she's blue in the face that the buyers can't go out and buy the stuff without letting me know. And she still is not yet successful in changing how things go, but she's still working on it. She's not giving up. So some organizations, it's going to be easier to get this this point through and others, it's going to be like pulling teeth, but don't give up. Listen, we could keep going on into several things because I was just saying that developing the skills of influencing people, I mentioned this and you had mm-hmm. as well as influencing people to take action and whatnot. If she's trying to communicate and she's not getting the the, the uh, responses she's wanting, then um, she needs to step back and develop a strategy and look at it. She may t- need to stop and develop some skills to become more proficient mm-hmm. in that in that realm. Case in point. In a personality assessment, it looks to see what motivates people and what demotivates people. And the point being is if you're talking to somebody that is a visionary and, you know, a big thinker and all that, and you come in with minutia of details, you're going to lose them. Conversely, if you come in with a very high level, but you're dealing with somebody that's very detail-oriented, they want to know the details. How did you come to this uh, decision? And and those kinds of things. You've got to spend energy to take your complex things that you're trying to do and develop a strategy on how am I going to communicate this to where they're going to be influenced to take the action. So that's a great example of what we are just talking about. Communicating several times, it's not going anywhere. It's like, okay, then you need to look at and go, you know what? You need to improve your communication skills. Saying that, I think, again, why don't we do a a quick recap of what we've got. Again, I think we're going to come out with some uh, other shows out of this that we're going to say, okay, Mm -hmm. let's talk about this topic with you, Trudy, because it's like, man, you are such a phenomenal wealth of information. I love it. So. Uh, we talked about, you know, when you're stepping into the role, uh, aligning with the vision of the company and what they're trying to uh, accomplish, mm-hmm. the culture. The culture um, There was something else. Oh, the, 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 the industry that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because not only do we kind have to think about customs, de- not only do we yeah. have to think about customs, we also have to think about partnering government agencies with a whole other topic all in itself. So <laughs> right. go ahead. So there's, there's a category that, you know, again, this is not something where we're going to come up with everything. It's like you've got to get categories of areas that you need to stop, think, and say, let me develop a game plan in these areas of what is it I'm trying to accomplish. 
you made mention, I think you called it setting the tone in the compliance setting arena. Setting the tone of the organization. Or setting yes, the, yes. Yeah, yes. of the organization. Setting the tone of the organization. I, that's another compliance, thing. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, and again, it makes a big difference of advisor role or hands-on role or a hybrid of both. Mm-hmm. Or a hybrid of both. Um, and if, if, the, if yeah. the message isn't coming from corporate, you might as well be banging your head on a brick wall because nobody's going to pay attention for you. So you have to get corporate to set that tone for the whole entire organization. And then you're going to get still not going to be easy for for many of us mm-hmm. in most corporations, but it's just going to help that process just a little bit more. I think what we've got so far is, uh, Lala, man, I'll tell you what, we've we got a gold mine of some stuff here and we can just keep on yeah, going. I do too. I so love we do have that. <laughs> So. You guys are awesome. I love the energy. You. Well, you bring a lot of that energy to it too, Trudy. Thank you. But thank you all. Thank you, uh, Trudy. We'll yes. wrap it up here, and then um, we'll we'll pick up on the next show on something else. All right. All right. Awesome. Thank Trudy, you guys. You have, have a great rest day. of your weekend. And all the best to you. You too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You guys too. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. Thank you very much for joining us. Simply Trade is brought to you by the generous contributions of Global Training Center. You can follow the show and GTC on LinkedIn or Twitter and other social networks. Make sure you check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. Also, make sure that you share this with a friend and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. We really like hearing from you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest in the show or would like to sponsor Simply Trade or suggest any topic you would like for us to discuss, please contact us via email at simplytrade at globaltrainingcenter.com or you can DM us on Twitter at simplytradepod. Thank you again for the privilege of your time. Happy trading. Simply Trade is not a law firm or an advisor. The topics and discussions conducted by Simply Trade hosts and guests should not be considered and is not intended to substitute legal advice. You should seek appropriate counsel for your own situations. These conversations and information are directed towards listeners in the United States for informational, educational, entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for legal advice. No listener or viewer of this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel. Information on this podcast may not be up to date depending on the time of publishing and the time of viewership. The content of this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free. The views expressed in or through this podcast are those of the individual speakers, not those of their respective employers or Global Training Center as a whole. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed.